Welcome to a brand new episode of the Tire Kicker Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Nate. And I'm Julian. Join us as we talk about what we consider to be some of the raddest and most iconic vehicles of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And don't forget to get the full throttle experience by checking us out at Tire Kicker Media on Facebook and Instagram. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Rubber Lounge. Kabangy boingy boingy. So Jeff, you've got a tail as old as as old as, as tires. a few weeks ago. <laughs> tail as old as time. Yeah. So I got new tires. Speaking of the Rubber Lounge, I got new tires on the Lincoln. Okay. I think it calls for Michelin tires, and I was like, I don't really like Michelin tires. I had Michelin tires on it and wasn't very impressed with them. I had Michelins on my Beamer. I wasn't impressed with those either. It's like driving on butter all the time. And so I decided to go, when I had my black XJ, I had some Dueler ATs and Bridgestone Duelers. And so they make Bridgestone Duelers. They're still ATs, I think, but they're more of a radial crossover tire, less aggressive kind of a thing or whatever. So I got a set of those put on the Lincoln, and my gosh, that thing is grippy. So, yes, it is great. I love the stones. Yeah, I love the stones. The ride is so much better. It's so much smoother. Yep. It's just great. And then taking it around in the snow and stuff, it's just like, yeah. I mean, you don't even feel like you need Blizzax or anything like that with those Bridgestones, man. They're great tires. And they're not even sponsoring us, and I'm giving them high praise. (laughs) Tight. Yeah, I've been through some tires, too, and I completely agree. I've had, like, a few off-brands even that have really surprised me. Like, I've had some really great Kumos. Yep. Right now I have Bridgestone 980 all seasons, and they just find every little piece of the road that they can hold on to and they grab it. Yeah. And it's just wonderful. I've got Conti's. I had Continentals before that and good, totally adequate tire, but just falls apart a little bit, like on the limits. Sure. Where I want it. And the stones just impress me. I feel like they make the car better. Oh yeah. I always think about tires as the thing that you need to spend money on because it's the only part that actually touches the ground. Right. I'm glad you've had Unless the same Unless you impression. drive an SUV. Yeah. That tips over. No, just- <laughs> I will say the, the only thing that, and it could just be a balancing issue or whatever, but the only thing that I did notice is that about 63 miles an hour to like 67, they get kind of loud. And then after like 67 miles an hour, you can't tell anymore. So again, it could be a balancing issue. I don't know, but it sounds like I got like a big old V8 in there for a few miles <laughs> you know so it's kind of funny but nice. yeah outside of that it was great but the funny story so i gotta tell you so getting tires during the covid season that we're in that was an interesting ordeal so they have the parking lot all set up they have a guy at the entrance with a clipboard and stuff and you have to set up an appointment and so i had my son drive in behind me so he could pick me up and take me home 
So I pull in and then I had to like explain who the car was behind me and stuff. It was weird. They're like directing traffic, really weird, really stressful. So I get up there and he's like, a sales associate will come out to you. I'm like, okay. I was like, I thought I was just dropping it off, but all right, whatever. So I wait around for like two, three minutes. All of a sudden this guy comes out and he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, you're here for set of tires, Bridgestones. I was like, yep, yep. And he's like, uh, you getting like a, his, her package. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, well, I have you down here that you purchased a set of four twice. I was like, no, <laughs> it's like I only bought one set of four. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, it's probably just a mistake on the website or whatever like that, which their website was janky. I won't say the name of the company that I went to because their website was a little jank, but good company. Their website was just messing up. But anyways, oh, you must be talking about jank Jankytires.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, great company. It's just their website was spazzing out that day when I went to buy them and stuff. It took me like eight tries to like get the tires bought online and get my appointment set up. So it was kind of goofy. But anyways, I was like, no, I'm not buying his and hers. So he's like, okay. And so I'm sure he was probably a little depressed that I wasn't getting a fat enough bonus. Taking food out of his mouth. So got all that straightened out. No big deal. And then this was I think it was like the day before Thanksgiving and he's like, Hey, you got Thanksgiving plans? I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm frying a bird. I'm like, Hey, guess what I do? I fry turkeys too. He's like, all right, brother. And he like high fives me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this is what I do. And he starts just ripping through like his recipes and all this other stuff. I'm like, bro, I just want to get out of here. Like <laughs> good for you on your Turkey, but I just want my tires so I can leave. But it was funny. And went to go pick them up about 45 minutes later. They called, went and picked them up. Everything was fine. But yeah, I just thought it was the funny situation that I accidentally bought eight tires. <laughs> and then had to hear a 15-minute story about how to fry turkey. This is the second turkey that he ever fried. And it's been like my 25th or 26th this year that I've done. So he was explaining to me how to do it. Yeah. Even you though I burn his down the first time? Kind of, yeah, I was like, I'm kind of a pro at this, bro. I think we're all good. But I don't mean to brag, but... Not to so brag, I but ended this up is getting twenty-fifth pair of tires on the Audi recently. So Ooh. you know, it's now I like to rally it, and basically for the rally, I went and I put new rubber on the front, so I had matching front tires and then different tires in the back that were rotated backwards. And it's during COVID, and so I went with my kid. I did not have an appointment. I had like a bunch of random stuff in my car, two sets of I had some old tires and old wheels that I took with me, and I'm like that guy. I show up, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And it's Tuesday, and it's just Mike, and they're slammed busy, right? That's right. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? I've got this weird, complicated thing for you. <laughs> I'm the red Audi over there. Yeah, and no, I'm not snooty or pretentious at all. That's right. right. I'm not going to even hold it to any standard. <laughs> also, here's my specific and very detailed directions for you. <laughs> I made a list for you. Oh, that's funny. You need to do it in this order. And also, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back in the lobby, and then I'm going to wander up and down the aisles as you work on things. Just so, <laughs> just, to sure, just to give you that level of stress. I got step 17 or 18. Are you sure? That doesn't look like step 17. And what I also love, so I'm there, and I have kind of a funky car. It's the Audi A3 wagon. It's 10 years old now. And they didn't make a ton of them in the first place. I think they imported a couple hundred a year. So I'm there, and there's one there that's a little bit older model year, but it's blue 
station wagon. And I'm like, oh man, awesome. Somebody here has to have an Audi like me. They're totally going to understand what I need from them. I went and I had lunch with my kid while they were working on things. And I came back. They're still working on stuff because of the timing, whatever else. Mm. Like I said, I kind of called them cold. So I'm the opposite of your guy. I'm going up to the guy and I'm like, so, you know anybody who works here who's into Audis? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I want to be new besties with whoever's right. got this blue one. And can we get down to me just saying outright, so, hey, who owns that blue car? <laughs> just let me cut to the chase with you, bro. You're not picking up my hints. And he's like, yeah, I have no idea. Somebody just dropped that off here a few days ago. We don't really know what's going on with it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And I'm like going up and down. I'm like, oh, it's got to be that guy in Bay 3. It's got to be the Bay 3 guy with the tattoos. It's got to be him. We all do that, though. Do you guys do that? For example, we have a grocery store right over here that there's a guy that drives an HHR that's similar to my old one. And you see it there all the time. And I do the same thing. Like when I'm in there, I'm like, which one of you suckers drives this car? <laughs> but we ended up figuring out some kid with purple hair, but go figure. No offense to anybody with purple hair. Purple haired kid. Yeah. I don't really have any tire stories. So I got a couple thoughts. Okay. So whenever you guys were saying stones, talking about Bridgestones, I kept thinking mm-hmm. of Keith Stone, the Keystone light, cool guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Stone. Keith Stone. That's right. I don't have any tire stories because I've never owned a car long enough to need to replace the tires on the car. That's I kind of a kind of a sad that. thing. I believe that. I don't. I don't know that I've ever owned a car and not changed the tires on it. I think my Hyundai has hand cooked tires on it. Okay. And I want to say the RX-8 has Kumo tires. Okay. Those are tire brands, right? You're on it. Yeah, those yes. are both legitimate. Yes. We're going to go full credit. <laughs> I, w- I will say I did look. So my Elantra, which obviously I'm driving around because Jeff and I at least, and Julian, you got some too, but we got a crap ton of snow this week. Mm. So, yeah, I don't get Nebraska snow. Yeah. Oh, man. My Elantra is my winter vehicle, and it's only three years old, and it has like just over 20,000 miles on it. So it's the original mm-hmm. tires. Okay. But I've kind of found in the last couple winters that I feel like it struggles. And I check the tires. They're all season tires. But Mm -hmm. I still think they're a little more slanted towards performance, maybe. Because I feel like they slip a little bit more than my old car did in winter. Or ice. I mean, ice is bad news anyway, but. There's a Continental. So Continental makes the DW and the DWS. And the DW is just dry wet, and then DWS stands for dry wet snow. And mm. I've owned a set of each. And the difference between them, in my opinion, is the DWS just they're deeper. There's more siping. Mm-hmm. Wait, siping? Like Brian Sipe, the football player? Or <laughs> yes. so I think siping is just those cuts in the okay. tires. Like yeah. the channels. Yeah. So like you look at the rubber surface, like so you look at a drag tire, there's like zero siping. Okay. Got and it. And then there's a guy named John F. Sipe, and I guess in the 20s or something, he basically developed tread in a sense. Okay. So siping is like the actual grooves that go outward? Yeah, it's like the process of cutting the slits across the rubber surface. So there's like a tread pattern, but then there are these tiny little cuts in it, almost like a Schick razor has like all those little blades. Yeah. Mm. And so a larger contact patch, then it's just a more flexible 
piece of rubber because it's broken into smaller pieces that can grip got it and mold more to the surface okay anyway i got you off on a tangent so, here no i mean well what i was thinking is you said the tires have like 30k on them and my 20 wonder, 20k okay, still but they're a couple years yeah. old mm-hmm. and probably some of the tread is just not as deep yeah i mean it's still totally adequate for most conditions but right that might be less grippy because of that when i look at it it looks a bit more like lower profile right than your average all season tire and the tread pattern in it is very straight it's just got straight grooves in it yeah. which it doesn't have the fancy sure you know crisscrossy stuff so i wonder mm-hmm. that that probably doesn't provide as much wintry grip then right totally yeah because if you're just going straight it's just like a pizza cutter going down if you yeah that's all it is yeah it, yeah it's yeah. gonna it just has the straight lines yeah, yeah, it doesn't have any of the side. Well, I side think it things. also, a lot of it comes down to you as well, because you're talking about like wintertime driving, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to the rubber content and the plastic content within the tire as well. For example, my Bridgestones is a really, really high pliable rubber content within those. And so they're super sticky. And that's why it's got a really nice ride to it too, because when you turn corners and stuff, they bend and General tires, there's not a very high rubber content within those tires. And so they'll just spin on almost anything, you know, but they're cheap. So it's going to be like that. Having that tight rubber content where it's a little bit more pliable and everything, it's going to grip the snow better and obviously grip the road a lot better as well. So what brand did you have on your car? I want to say the Elantra's Handcook. Okay. The Handcook tires. Yeah. I bet you those would be kind of high in the rubber side of it. So. You just jack it up and put four-wheel drive tires on it. Yeah, just do that. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, I check the tread level. Like, I just, I'm not doing the whole penny thing, but I just kind of yeah. put my hand in. I'm like, yeah, that's still really deep. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of miles. I don't know what the life span yeah. is on the tires. It generally, isn't it 30 to 40,000 or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. It no varies, problem. I know, but <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> depends I mean, how you drive. So, my other yeah. question would be is like, what's your tire There's pressure? A lot of use. Is it right at 35 or do you have a little bit higher? Or? Well, it's it's low right now because of the cold weather, but I think it's usually, I want to say it's the guidelines like 33 or okay. 34. So okay. that should be fine. Sometimes like it'll say recommended is like 35 or something like that, but like max PSI is like 44. So oftentimes people, especially during the summertime, they'll get it up there to like 42, 44 if they're doing a lot of highway driving because they'll get a little bit more length out of their tires and then it improves your gas mileage because they're a lot harder and stiffer. But if you're doing that during the winter time, then they have a harder time gripping. And so if you bring them down to 30 to 35, they're a little bit more pliable and they're going to get way better traction on the ice and snow. So it could just be the tire, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's probably just, it's all season, but it's a bit more performance mm-hmm. oriented than, yeah. So that's probably yeah. Probably yeah, it. Probably. Yep, for sure. Man, I didn't think we'd be able to talk about tires for I know, look at us. We're tire now. kickers. And we're talking about tires. Dang. Finally. Everybody's like, jeez. <laughs> if this podcast thing doesn't work out, I feel like we could open a tire store and Jeff and Julian, you guys could sell the shit out of tires. <laughs> as long I mean, as they're Bridgestones, apparently. That's right. As long as they're but, yeah, yeah, get the just stones. <laughs> so we'd have a fridge full of Keystone light. And we'd have a yeah. cardboard cutout of Keith Stone, and we'd be Keith selling Stone. Bridgestone. That's right. I will say, though, so when I had my Beamer and I got rid of my Michelins with my Beamer, I got a set of Falcon tires. 
They were okay. the best Falcon tires yeah. I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, true, true story, though. I had, I don't remember the model. Again, it's been many years since I've had that car. But those Michelins, man, if, if it would just rain just a little bit, I couldn't go anywhere. It's like literally like driving on butter. And I was just sick and tired of it. It was winter and rain. It sucked. And so I got these Falcon tires. They were intended for driving in the rain. And so the grooves in them and stuff, they're super angled and had three tracks in the middle and everything. And it was best rain traction ever. And at the time, I drove a lot in the rain because I was going back and forth commuting to work. And I just remember it was so funny. I got those things on. I was like, my gosh, these things are great. And so I had all my windows rain-dexed and everything. And I just remember it was like a week after I got these things on and it was pouring rain to the extent that people were pulling over on the highway because they couldn't see. And it was real dangerous because the road was super wet and like lots of hydroplaning possibilities there. And and I was doing 80 miles an hour with the cruise control on, no wipers on or anything. I'm just like, out of my way. <laughs> it, this thing was driving just like it was, like it was dry. I was like, man, these are the best Falcon tires I've ever had. They're so great. <laughs> that is not a great pitch product placement. I don't know what is. That's what I'm Falcon, saying. Falcon, give us a call. Shoot us an email. Right. Bridgestone, Falcon. Stones. Stone, Keystone Light, Bridgestone, Falcon. We got it all. That's right. We got it all. Well, Julian, should we let you kick this off of this really cool, cool oh, man, yeah. news? Speaking of having it all, there's a time in every car's life when the manufacturer sometimes doesn't have it all. And we've talked about that. How, man, we'd love to own a whatever, whatever, but we know that there's just that one piece of it that once it breaks, you might as well just rip it all out and start fresh. But I've been pretty excited because everybody knows we like the RX 500 from the 70s, but we also love the newer Mazda RX-7 and RX-8 models. That's right. And who doesn't love a good Miata? And so I've been excited to see over the years some companies that have basically like put together restoration programs. And I noticed that the big one for me recently is this RX-7 program. And so Mazda has come out and there are just a handful of things that they're going to remanufacture for these models so that they stay viable. They stay on the road. It's uh, limited specific parts. I think that there's some sensors and things like that that they're basically manufacturing because you cannot get them anywhere. But it's amazing to me that the companies are taking the initiative and taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, for their own history, you know, the narrative right. of their history, and saying, okay, well, these are important cars to us, to us as a brand. Let's support the enthusiasts that are out there and just need to get this part that has been 20 something years out of production. Yep. And so they're doing all the second gen and all the third gen RX7 models. And they even have like a Miata program where you can send them a Miata and they'll fully restore it. I like that Mazda does this because it's the type of thing that Porsche and BMW will do. They'll take your car, they'll basically treat it to a full restoration and give it back to you. I mean, I have no idea what this costs. There are definitely companies that do it at great cost. Like if you sure. wanted to buy a Porsche and send it to Singer, quarter, half a million dollars later, you have basically a, a work of complete hand yeah. recreated art. But that's a little bit different than just saying, well, I've got my grandpa's car. It's been three generations in. I just want to maintain it. I need a distributor. 
you know, right. nobody makes it. And so I think that's just amazing that they even care to entertain the idea of doing that. I think to your point to kind of add to it a little bit. And I think also with that, it also shows how much they trust that era. The other manufacturers, they'll just kick out a car and they'll forget about it after four or five years, right. you know, and it's just in the history now, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's not like, I'm sure there's enough demand from enthusiasts and stuff like that, but there's still a lot of those cars still on the road. It's cool that they mm-hmm. recognize that. And they're like, yeah, we're pretty proud of that. You know, people are keeping these things alive and we did a really good job manufacturing it in the first place and engineering it. So it does deserve to be on the road longer. And so we're going to make the opportunity there so people can continue on with it. So I think it's a great idea. It feels like it kind of goes against what culture's like now, like the whole throwaway. We've touched on that a little bit, talking about household appliances and stuff, you know, like washing machines or refrigerators. Mm -hmm. It's cool that. You know, at times it. Fe- <laughs> Sorry, I love your example, Nate, because I just don't see Whirlpool going back to their nostalgia yeah. models. You know, yeah, that really speaks to like the difference between the appliance being made and the social impact of a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Just really took no, that's fine. There, obviously, there it's a little bit of an apples and oranges comparison, but. Like Jeff said, they're recognizing the heritage and the importance of these vehicles and the fact that people don't want to just, if something breaks, they don't want to just throw it away because it has meaning to them and they they appreciate it and they want to keep it. And Jeff, it reminds me of your Shelby that you had. Like you told me the struggles you had with finding parts for that car back in the day when you owned it. What if they would have had a program like this back then where you could have gotten factory parts that's what's so sad about it. I think we've talked about this before that there's so many cool cars from back in the eighties, say like a Fiero GT or something like that. Those are still rad looking cars as far as I'm concerned. And it'd be cool to see those yeah. things still yep. alive. And then like I was saying, like the Shelby, well, I know they're not going to do that because they only made like 500 to a thousand of them, but still, right. like you were saying, I've talked about this before. I'd love to have one of those cars again, just because it holds a piece of my heart. It's like my first love. And I'm not a mechanic or an engineer by any means. So there's no way I could, you know, keep one of those things alive. And it's like the only people that are keeping those things alive, they're like guru mechanics that are, you know, top of the niche of what they do. So it's just sad. But so it's cool that Mazda is doing this. It's a great idea. I don't know. Yeah. Volvo P1800 when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I say a kid. I was basically still in high school. I had a Volvo 240 that was my first car. But I'd always wanted a P1800. And lo and behold, one came up for sale near me, and I just bought it. I didn't know any better. And it was a piece of junk, complete garbage. <laughs> uh, I was like rusting out. The brake booster didn't really work. The thing kind of ran, but you really had to finagle it, and it didn't run great. And you know, I put it around town a little bit until I realized it didn't really have any brakes whatsoever. So I started to try and find this brake booster. And what I ended up finding was like this one guy in New England with like a horde of parts. All of it was used. All of it was unknown. That was just the state of maintaining that vehicle. It probably isn't too far off today. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like a consumer. It becomes an impossibility. Like it has to be almost obsession where like in order to be the guy who has a Shelby that runs, you have four Shelbys 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a model that I instantly thought of when you were talking about this, when you brought this up, Julian, was, and it's a community that I follow, even though I don't own the car, I follow the community. Yeah, the man. 3000 GT or the Dodge yes. Stealth. Like, yeah. I see. Yeah, we've talked about that car a yeah, lot. Yeah. Those cars are just so freaking cool and complex. I see posts on Reddit all the time of guys are like, I'm looking for this part and I don't know where right. to find it. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of those ones where people are like, hey, I'm 17 years old. I'm going to buy my first car. I really want to get a 3000 GT. What should I look for? And they're like, well, be ready to not be able to find parts. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, man, that is an iconic vehicle, a rad vehicle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mitsubishi needs a shot in the arm anyway. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, it's sad like, Wouldn't because, that be a sweet program? Yeah, the 3000 GT especially. I mean, it was kind of the Michael Jordan of its time and mm-hmm. or the eclipse Japanese Corvette. there was nothing yeah. better nothing faster nothing with more options even the gran turismo got it right that was the car to get in the game to see something of that much nostalgia and that much history and clout from that era just fade away like that it's just sad you know it's just really really sad yeah they did. They had huge street presence. Yeah. You yeah. just see one and the stealths, whatever they were. Yep. You know, they just had that thing going on. I mean, they look badass, like, even yeah. now. They like, still do. You sure. see those, and they look modern. Like, yeah. They look yeah. like they just came out, you know? Dude, so and they were just, quick. You got those twin turboed. All-wheel drive. Gosh, those things were crazy stupid fast. Especially for that time, man. That was just nuts. What, 90, 99 or something like that. You have this twin turbo. Yeah. Who else was doing that back in the day that wasn't yeah. Porsche or something like that or Lamborghini or something, you know? And it's like, here you got this Mitsubishi that just, oh, by the way, we're going to, I don't remember how many horsepower it was, like 400 or something like that. Quite a bit, especially for the time. But man, in that all-wheel drive, it just kicked you in that freaking seat so hard. My brother, he wanted to buy this Stealth, and it was a twin turbo. Mm-hmm. It was pewter colored. It was really neat. Okay. So he's like, hey, come down with me. Let's go test drive this thing. I was like, okay. And it was in some little farm town outside of Lincoln called Milford. And so I was like, yeah, let's go down and check this thing out. And so we take it out for a spin. He's like, I'm going to check this puppy out and see what it'll actually do. And, man, he launched that thing. I was like, holy crap. I mean, that was 2000 eight or nine or something like that so it was it's already getting up there in age but it's still man insane why don't more companies do this yeah it would produce so much goodwill so much of those trust blocks yeah that you'd build up for these owners and these enthusiasts and i don't know what profit margins or what yeah or if that is even important i mean it is important it should just become everybody just needs to do it Just start making these parts. Right. Well, and I think that's the one good thing that I will say that Chevy has going for itself and Ford too, is that those cars are (laughs) 350s of 350. You get a Jags catalog. That's right. Yeah. You can drive around an 88 IROC today. No problem. Covers four decades. Yeah. Same spark plug. Right. You might have a hard time finding like a window actuator or something like that, you know, but when it comes to keeping that thing running, you're like, no problem at all. You can go to Napa and get parts for that thing still. Now, is that because those are domestic, you know, here? Right. Would it be a similar story for these in Japan? Mm, I don't think so. I think it's just how many times they remove themselves from that platform. So, for example, like look at Dodge, right? So with the K cars and everything, they have the 2.2 liter 
and they just put those in everything. But Dodge just completely walked away from it, and so they don't produce it at all anymore. And so there's nothing you can do about it. So it's just a dying breed. And so with Chevy, it's like they've mm-hmm. had the 350 for eons, and they're not going to step sure. away from it until they probably go yeah, full right. EV or whatever. And then, really fortunately, too, the Corvette is kind of like the equivalent of like 3K GT. Yeah. And so there is a following that's going to want the parts for those, right. no matter what. Right. And you're just lucky. Well, that also happens to fit the Blazer yeah. and the yeah. CK and the whatever, you know. Right. Mustang, similar, right? I mean, because yep. the 2.2 went a lot of places, but a lot of the time it was like minivans and yeah. Reliance and stuff. Yeah. And I suppose foreign vehicles i mean there were so many different engine combinations and i'm sure there are i mean there are these legendary motors i can't think of them but i'm sure they're ones that were in lots of different vehicles but maybe not as common as the 350 sure yeah the thing that jumps to my mind is the motors that ended up in like the b18s and yeah the acuras and civics and mm-hmm. kind of across the honda family and stuff like that but again, that's why you see a lot of those still on the road. Granted, they're right. great motors and they stand the test of time. But again, their parts are very easily accessible. So that's the thing. So you get these manufacturers that step away from that era of what they're doing and they never return back to it. It's just going to die off then. It's sad. And you have cars like the 3000 GT that are just weren't mass produced. Yeah. And they're also oh, you know man. technologically yeah. like cool. just complicated and all these different systems. You guys know the 3000 GT, so they made a hardtop retractable convertible Yeah, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. 90s. Yep. It was like the first time in 40 years anybody even tried, tried that. Tried it, yeah. You know, yep. and now, I mean, that's like you're not going to buy a fancy sports car without a retractable yep. hardtop. Like, that's the new standard. Yeah. And it's just amazing because they were just four-wheel drive, active suspension, active aero. And then to add like the icing on the cake of this other completely complicated system that has to do with weatherproofing, the gonads on those guys, man, just they went Again, for it. What happened to those? We're gonna have to do a special episode of Mitsubishi. People. We need to. Yep. We need yeah. to. Yeah. Their story arc, they have so much meaning and they took world rally titles and they just built all these really wonderful things that we I mean even like a Montero I think about yeah. the Montero yeah. historically and I have good nostalgia absolutely mm-hmm. and you know like now I'm not even sure they make anything compelling yeah, it's know? so weird like they were they were doing so many cool things and then they just ah let's do something else and it's like whoa whoa what are you doing you know what are yeah. you doing and yep and I guess they are not really a car manufacturer first the way like Honda or Toyota are and so probably they're just like, ah, oh, let's just do forklifts for a while. Or make yeah, let's, let's make an air conditioner. Or something. Yeah. 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 So we really need to get to the bottom of what happened. Yeah, we do. I mean, maybe it's just like a leadership thing or they're just like, yeah. their board is just like, meh. Like you said, Julian, let's make forklifts yeah. or TVs. And, and we'll still pump out like three different models of whatever. Yeah. And people will buy some of them. I mean, they made the Evo forever. Yeah. Good car. No yep. reason not to. I wish they still just minted them. They did like a final edition when you could kind of tell they just like ran out of parts. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, okay, well, let's put some special sauce on these last ones. And then, boom, done. See ya. It's so odd to me that they would have something like the Evo or the Eclipse. The first and second gen Eclipses were freaking insane. Yeah. 
Yep. They couldn't keep those things on the car lot. Boom, it's gone. You know, no way. Yeah, everybody wanted them. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, they're doing their thing, doing their thing. And then it was just like, well, we're not getting the numbers we used to get. So we're just going to kill it. It's like, what? <laughs> no, maybe you should go back yeah. to the drawing board, you know? I don't know. We tried it with the Sebring and people didn't like that anymore. That's right. So like, well, we're pretty sure gone. the whole idea is bad. That's right. <laughs> we're fresh out. Yeah, but. Check out this TV. <laughs> yeah. I definitely went through an uh, I want to own an Eclipse phase. I was just like, oh, Eclipse, GSX. Well, oh, man. I mean, yeah, they made the all-wheel drive turbo yes. four-banger yep. of Crankwalk Infamy. Oh, yeah, the Crankwalk. Yep. Yeah, baby. I remember reading about that. Yep, that buddy that I talk about all the time that his dad owned the car dealership. And so he would always have an Eclipse, a Talon. He had an IROC Daytona, what was it, Dodge Daytona. He just always had these cool cars all the time and stuff like that. But that was my first experience driving in something like that was, I don't remember the year, but it was a black and silver first-gen Eagle Talon TSI, and it was all-wheel drive. And what was crazy was, so he had a power moonroof on it. We we're driving in the summertime. He had the power moonroof on it. He had it opened up, windows down, and he had the AC cranked in it. And I'm like, why do you have the AC? And he's like, well, you know, it had a great stereo system. It's like, you got to show the tunes. And he's still just driving around. Just, this thing had power for days, and it had the AC on and everything. And I'm like, man, this thing is crazy cool. You know, I was like, I wanted one so bad. God, they're such cool cars, man. Yeah, we got to do a whole episode of Mitsubishi. We got to get to the bottom of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're talking about GM electric vehicles tonight, right? Yeah. That's right. There's something fresh they're cooking up. It wouldn't be a tire kicker episode if we didn't talk to something EV. (laughs) Something electric. That's right. Yeah. Future past. That's right. Future past. Not going to talk about Electrovet, right? I was all prepped to talk about the 70s Electrovets or the GM EV1 or electric Corvairs. No, but instead we're going going, going, going full drive. We're going future. 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 What's new? What's hot? Something that's not on the road today. So we're talking about the Hummer EV. Yeah. Never thought I'd see the day. Right. I'll be honest, I didn't even know that I knew I could bet on that square. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. That's right. Well, okay, so I think we go around Robin here and first impressions of what they got out there for us right now. So going to their website and everything, checking it out, watching all the videos and stuff. If you guys haven't done this yet, just go to gmc.com and look up Hummer EV. There's so much information on there. It's insane. I'm going to say first impression, I really did not want to like this. The Hummer (laughs) is so known for just having a big... Six mile to the gallon, Arnold Schwarzenegger with a cigar sticking out of his mouth. You know, (laughs) like it's so screw the world. It doesn't matter. I'm cold now, so let's bring on the heat. You know, let's (laughs) global warming. It went from that. It died and it came back as an EV. And like I said, I wanted to hate it. But my gosh, man, there's nothing about this vehicle that I don't love. I absolutely, absolutely love it. The one thing that is odd to me is that it is a Hummer. I feel it's got some of the same aesthetic in the front, but the rest of it just to me looks like an avalanche. 
and it's odd to me that they just didn't do a Chevy Avalanche. But I think that mm-hmm. they, to me personally, I think it was a good play on Chevy that they put the Hummer moniker on it to get a little bit more money out of people, I think. So it's yeah. like yeah. everybody it's knew you can get a little bit more cheese. It's that name recognition that we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Yep. Yeah. They could have called it whatever, but they're like, you know what? We're going to do the Hummer. We're, We're going to get all this. this. Yeah. You're not going to buy a $100,000 Avalanche. No. Yeah, hey, I might. No. Just, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, they're getting kind of close up there. You know, when you see some of these Suburbans and stuff like that, like the Denali's and everything, truth. you know, they're getting you know, 80, 90,000. And we were just talking about the Jeep Wagoneer, you know, I mean, that's right up there. Okay. So anyways, that was my first impression. Nate Dog, what's your first impression? I think mine was similar to yours when we first were throwing it around. I was just kind of like, eh, Hummer, meh, whatever. I'm like, everybody's doing electric vehicles. You see it and it looks kind of goofy, just kind of looking at a picture. But then, like you said, I went to GM's website. I watched their, you know, very cool promotional video with that Led Zeppelin cover. Right. The Karen O. And Trent Reznor. Right. Yeah. Great song. Get you pumped. Didn't that kind of harken back a little bit? Like, this is off topic a little bit, but didn't Cadillac back in the day make some commercials with Led Zeppelin songs? They probably did. So I watched the video and like all the features and just the way that it lights up when you walk up to it and it greets you and it it shows you the charging. And then it's also like, hello, Dave. I'm here to rock your world and take you <laughs> rock climbing, do some crab walking. Watch the video. I watched a little bit of Doug DeMuro. He did a review on it. I don't think he got to drive it, but he's just no. kind of showing it off. I'm yep. like, so much cool stuff on it. The technology obviously is just oozing out of every pore of this thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sold on it. Obviously, I don't have the scratch to buy one. But <laughs> someday, Nate. but if I did, it's freaking cool, man. I really liked it. Like it, I should say. Yeah. And so my first impressions when basically I saw like the news byline, I was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yep, that exists. <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? Overall, I think it's just a huge vehicle. Right. And that fits the older style, like dominate all, conquer all yeah. ethos. You know, a thousand horsepower, like 1100 pound feet of torque or yep. something. I mean, yep. 0 60 and three. And then I kind of like chuckled because they talk about one pedal driving. And the pictures, <laughs> I just keep thinking about the electric Hummers that I have seen at Toys R Us. That are also one pedal driving. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> you know, this is actually just like the, you know, it's the grown up version of that. Right. You know, and I. It's a power wheel. It's a power wheel. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Man, but it's, you know, when I was a kid, but I can take my friends. That was right. a thing. And, Give me a power you know, wheel. And I've hopped up some power wheels in my day. So are they actually doing the one pedal on it, though? Is it actually yeah. the one? It is. Okay. Yeah, it's like a wait, single wait. pedal. So I didn't see about it. So. It's just one pedal. I'm sorry. No, I think there's still a gas uh, pedal. Yeah, I think you probably brake still, but I think that you have the ability to just use the gas pedal. Yeah. And then if you're not on it, then you just don't have acceleration. Yeah. Or it or it rolls to regeneration. Yeah. So it's probably just like a potentiometer, and you've got like a zero to a hundred, and so instead of like in a gas motor. 
relating to throttle, you just, okay, well, 100% is 100% of speed. Yeah. And 20% is 20% speed. Yeah. As opposed to like engine speed. And so, pretty cool. Basically, reminds me just like power wheels, you know, where you modulate it with that. You know, that just sounds fun by itself. I think that that would be interesting to learn like the first couple of weeks when you're driving it, kind of getting used to just the new style. There are other EVs that kind of operate basically like that too. But right. I love that they just had that byline and that and it's just this like chunky vehicle and gave you that like Toys R Us, <laughs> you know, oh man, I just want to buy one of those for my kid kind of vibe. I'm glad they're doing it. Again, I think that they're picking this Hummer name and it's not so it's really a GMC Hummer. Is that right? Yes. As opposed to the Hummer HR3, which was its own total brand. Correct. And so I think that that's an interesting change because they'd killed so many brands back in the day. That'd be like all of a sudden there being like a Corvette Firebird variant. I guess it'd be a Camaro in that case. But it'd be like if they made a Camaro EV and called it Pontiac. Yeah. (laughs) This really fits. This really fits. It's an interesting way to kind of resurrect it. So it was like the Arnold, the Schwarzenegger military, you know, the H1, bra, yeah. brawny yeah. thing. And then it was yeah. this bro. Yeah, the H2 and the H3. Its own yeah. like thing. Yeah. yeah. And then did some like Chinese company buy it for a while? Or am I talking mm. nonsense? I don't know. When it died off before. Oh, I do recall that now. I do recall something like that. Oh, sale to China company fails in 2010. Okay. Okay. General Motors tried to sell them to a little-known Chinese company, and it fell apart. So as a result, they will begin to dismantle the brand of gas-guzzling SUVs that was synonymous with pre-financial crisis, wealth, and excess. So I don't know. I think the price point, I understand why these are like Teslas. These vehicles are... Mm -hmm expensive and there's a lot of technology but it's like just overall and i think we've touched on this before i still feel like it is unobtainable for the average person right i would take half this stuff yeah i agree i could do zero to 60 in six seconds and have 500 horsepower and hit yeah. like yeah fifty thousand dollar price and then have half Can of the accessories that? yeah yeah because yeah. that's the thing with this thing it's so loaded that I feel like you would have this truck for over a year and you'd still be finding out things about it. You're like, oh, I've never used this, this before. What does do? this do? Oh, sure. crap. Ejection seat. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Eject Ocito, cuz. <laughs> oh, my God. Honey, did you know there's the third glove box? <laughs> <laughs> you could put six packs of beer, soda. I feel like all these cool, especially the SUVs and the trucks, it's unobtainable. Correct. You can't get into it. It's excluding a huge swath of the population. And I think it's like that with cars, too. I mean, it's like, I think it's easier to find an affordable car than it is an affordable truck or SUV or whatever. Obviously, an electric vehicle. Correct. Talking about, like, attainability, I think that the main package, I forget what it's called, what model it is, you're looking at, I'm sorry, I'm doing these calculations here really quick. So if you have a vehicle for like $110,000, I think at that point, these manufacturers like GM or whatever, they're probably going to 
within their own financing team, they're probably going to go beyond the typical five to seven year financing option. I bet you that to make it more affordable, they're going to do like a seven to 10 year option. And so even if you were to do that, if you have a $110,000 vehicle right now, it's like a 3% interest rate at 120 months of 10 years, that's still almost $1,100 a month. At that point, it's like, what are you doing? So clearly it's not for the average Joe. Now yeah. they do make, well, not right now. They are going to, in 2024, they're going to have a pretty streamlined, 000. you know, version, but still yeah. $79,000. Yeah. You're still looking at, even if you had a 10 year loan on it, you're still looking at almost 800 bucks a month. Maybe they're, I mean, obviously it's going to be, you know, a lot of wealthy folks that sure. are probably reserving the fancy EV edition one that's coming out yeah. this fall for 112,000. But I'm sure there's plenty of people who actually can afford it because oh, sure. people make poor financial decisions every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And lots of people reap the benefits of that. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic, but how would they even, it would have to be robbery to even qualify the average person for a loan. Like you're saying, Jeff, for one of these vehicles, cause it would just be, it's like a mortgage payment or more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, whew. But anyway, I mean, we're not here, I guess, to dissect the affordability of these vehicles necessarily. But it is a component. Something that's kind of happened across the market, though, right? Yes. I mean, exactly. they're doing these really, exactly. I mean, I don't know what is driving it specifically because we talk about where is the basic car. But yeah. everything has to have infotainment. Everything has to have full yeah. power. Everything, everything has to basically dance in your yard and do light shows yeah. and the expense is just more and more and the vehicle you're getting isn't necessarily a better A to B vehicle. Right. Which is that now you have the ability to watch HBO plus in the back. Right. <laughs> well, it has its own Wi-Fi yeah. hotspot. Yeah. And to go on that point, I've brought up this analogy before with cell phones and you look at like the first iPhone, I, I forget what it was out of the gate, but what was it? 300 bucks. Right. I don't remember. It was reasonable. Yeah, it yeah. was reasonable. But back then, it was, it was like, holy like three smokes, to $300, yeah. $400, $500, whatever it is. It's like, that's insane. But due to our demand, consumer demand, of what we expect out of a phone now, they have to add more to it and creep up this price. And so just kind of through the years, it started like, oh, man, it was, it's $700. You know, oh, okay, now... I don't want to say standard, but what is the standard of phones? Like say the galaxies and the iPhone, what are they now? X, all these crazy phones. It's like, you can't get top fleet phones or whatever for under a thousand dollars now. And now it's getting to a point mm -hmm. where there's phones coming out for $1,500 and people are just jumping at it. And these are people that, and I'm not judging anybody, do what you want to do with your money, live your life. Okay. But there's some people that, they probably can't really afford a $1,500 phone, but they're, you know, like, oh, but if I spread that out over three years, that's not so yeah. bad, you know? No. To your point, Julian, we as a consumer are demanding, you know, quote unquote, all of these different options and stuff. And so, but then you also have the demand of just the manufacturers trying to outdo each other on top of it. But I think it's inflated the price of these vehicles to a point where it's just like, whoa, hold on, slow down. <laughs> we got to yeah. stop this because it's getting out of control. This Hummer is definitely like your $2,000 Samsung or your, right. your fancy iPhone. 
I know that Samsung makes more affordable phones than other manufacturers do too, but you just never hear about them. I think Apple's maybe working a little bit towards that with one of their newer mini. Yeah. Anyway, so I wanted to do a shout out to the Nissan Sentra real fast. Ooh. As we talked about before, where's the affordable car? The newer Sentra like, are actually pretty decent vehicles. And in the new car and driver, they're talking about like their 10 best lists for stuff. And they said about the Sentra, too bad Nissan finally made a really nice small sedan at a time when buyers don't want them, which you know, we've, we've <laughs> talked mm, about that. And it's like we've discussed this multiple times. People don't want cars. Yeah. They want these big ass right. vehicles. And like with the phones, you know, the manufacturers are just shifting to what the consumers yeah. want. You're exactly right. The Sentra, it's a cool car, but it's about 10 years too late, honestly. Yeah. yeah. They finally made it cool again, I feel. Yeah. I read a review of the 2020 and I'm like, I would not mind buying that car. But yeah, Correct. I think it's just, they were junk for so long because yeah. nobody cared about them. And now they definitely don't care about them anymore. Right. So it's just kind of like too little too late. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Cause we won't see that car beyond five years. I bet it'll probably get tanked, nah. which is just crazy to think. But anyways, back to the Hummer. The one point I was going to bring up, though, is I really want, I would love, and any of you listeners out there, if you know anybody who is currently or in the past owned an H1, I would love to see what the reaction is to this vehicle. Because I feel that they strayed so far away from what the Hummer actually was that it's, I can't imagine Hummer enthusiasts are exactly very happy about this. You know, I think vehicle enthusiasts are because it's got a lot of cool stuff. But I think mm -hmm. that anybody who's a Hummer enthusiast, and it is, that's a brand that it was so far apart from everything else out there that, I mean, it was a military vehicle that you could get. And that's yep. cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's like a hose it out kind of a, yeah. I mean, rugged. That's a good point. Yep. You know, they really weren't buying it necessarily because it was, yeah, it's like there's one option and the option is, is the a cigarette lighter, you know, like, in, yeah, <laughs> you know, I wonder, would there be an audience for if they're like, why don't we take this new Hummer and throw a gas or diesel engine in it? Yeah. Would there be an audience for that or would there be a market for that? I think what they're trying to do, honestly, is again, back to the financing, what I was talking about. I think they're planning on the future to be all EV. Which is accurate. It is. And that's what they're trying to do. Even the government is pushing for everything to go to EV and everything to be at least 60 miles a gallon or something like that if it is gas. Mm -hmm. And so I think that GM and everybody's trying to get in front of that. And so this is their first, albeit very expensive, but their first push into that new future. And so yeah. there will be a time, obviously, in our lifetime that we're going to see electric Camaros and electric Corvettes and yep. electric Mustang has already happened. Well, they've called it a Mustang. Are they actually right. going to make an electric Mustang? Well, I mean, no, they make the electric Camaro. They make that electric Camaro for drag race only purposes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're at the event horizon. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We're being stuck right in. Again, I mean, I know I'm kind of bagging on the price and the whole market and all that but yeah. this hummer it's got all kinds of cool stuff in it watching that promo video i was excited i was like dang i want one of these yeah and i've come to grips personally in my own head with the future of electric vehicles 
I've mentioned before, I've come around on them. I see how cool they are and just all the different stuff they can do. I'm excited. Yeah. We've already seen so much cool stuff come out. I'm just excited to see where it goes. So the, I guess the Ecopo Camaro is 1100 horsepower. So that's really not too far off right. from this Hummer. Yeah. That's an interesting number to settle on. Yep. That's another thing that's crazy. Just the quote unquote horsepower because it's electric, but I mean, obviously it's a measurement, mm-hmm. but just the idea of like, oh yeah, it's got a thousand horsepower, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever. No bigs. Well, that's the thing. It's going to get to a point. Like, think about our children, your guys' son's age and my younger son's age. It's going to be the norm to have a four-figure yeah. horsepower. And back in our day, it was like, you have 200 horse? Oh, my gosh. That's a ripper. Right. You, you know, triple-digit <laughs> horses? Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, and now it's kids who are, you know, say five, six, seven years old by the time that they're... 17 18 19 years old and stuff like that it's just going to be the norm i think we talked about this before on a previous episode or whatever these guys that are taking their cars and they're beefing them up and customizing them and stuff like that putting twin turbos or big solid single turbos they round their horsepower now back when i was 16 17 18 years old and out on the streets racing and stuff like that it was like you got every single horse that you could talk about and brag about. I was like, I have 188 horse, you know, <laughs> it's like I did <laughs> this upgrade seven, and it brought me up right, to 192, yeah. you know, it was like, it was a big deal, but now it's like, uh, I, you know, like right now I'm pushing, you know, probably 720, 750, something like that. And they're like, okay, cool. And like, what about you? Well, I'm at 800 and it's like, okay. And you know, they're not at 800. They're probably right. 830 or 840 or something like that. 799. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just befuddling to me and how, like the horsepower is just like no big deal anymore. And when I be my no big deal, it's no big deal to get up to a thousand horse. <laughs> it's like, yep. it's just insane. Yep. But yeah, like extrapolating right. 200 being amazing when we were growing up yeah. and a thousand being the standard now. Yeah. You know, when our kids are grown up or they're going to have like <laughs> yeah. 5,000 horsepower right. cars. Right, you know, exactly. Where also, where's the ceiling of, yeah, this is good. But yeah. it's not really better. Again, full circle, let's talk about tires. Sure. I guess there's some special tires they had to make for this GMC EV. Yeah. But okay, so let's say you have a Tesla and you run it in ludicrous mode all the time. That set of tires isn't going to last you. Right. And so you're like putting all this additional wear and tear on these other systems. And at the end of the day, you just create a different wear item. Yeah. Now, do tires wear quicker because the instantaneous power in electric cars does that make a difference where you can just have it there's no buildup. it's just like boom and it goes i think it's probably more based on who's actually driving it if you're having it in ludicrous it's a person mm-hmm. that's putting their foot down on that pedal all the time yeah you're not doing that yeah. just to go get groceries you're going right. out for fun you know so you're going to tear through those tires pretty yeah. good like nate you were talking earlier about how your hyundai has 20 something k and you're on the yep. same set of tires and my wife's GTI, same deal. Think that her first set of tires lasted around 30. Mm-hmm. If we rotated them better, we might have gotten even a little further. Yeah. They were cupping or something instead of actually wearing. You know, I remember I used to have this boosted sob. I wouldn't get more than 10,000 miles out of <laughs> any set of tires I put on it, period. Nice. You know, and it was just torque, 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 yep. torque, 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 just constantly ripping them. 
all yeah. the time. Just leaving chunks everywhere. of your tire everywhere. Yeah, I mean, all over. Yeah, I mean, I would get out of the car and it'd just be like, there'd be splatter on the side of the car. Tire. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh, yeah. And Got pebbles everywhere. Nice. So that's just like you're saying, Jeff, it's like partly driver, it's partly how power is applied, it's all these yep. things. I think the EVs are super smooth. Right. And so they probably are able to manage traction in a way that gets the most out of it without wearing it too much. But you're never going to get a monster launch without leaving some on the ground. So right. I'd never thought about this. How long are like the factory tires on a Tesla supposed to last? Hmm. Because, I, I mean, Tesla, I mean, that's just what we think of with electric vehicles right now. So, yeah. 20K-ish. Yeah, 20. 20K. And what's like an average just regular car? Depending on the brand or whatever, you should get easily 40,000 on a decent that's side. That's I'm thinking. You know. 30, 30, 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. 50. But like, I see the number 50. 50, from yeah. I was going to say, the Michelins that I, on that I just got rid of, when I got the vehicle, they were probably already halfway spent and I've put almost 30,000 miles on those tires and I was ready to replace them then, you know, but I was like, ah, I'd probably get another year out of them. And surprisingly, I got almost two and a half years out of them. So I don't know how many were on it when I got it, but I bet you it was 50 to 60,000 miles on those tires. Again, it just comes down to the ply. It comes down to all sorts of stuff, but yeah, yeah I, just, I, was, how you I was drive curious it. if yeah. electric would be less or more than in a standard car. And it sounds like they are, a little bit less. You said 20, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, that's, you know, within a certain performance envelope. Correct. Right? Yeah. So, what are you going to get on a Corvette versus yeah. a Tesla? Or a Nissan Sentra. A Bugatti. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the Bugatti, like 10 miles? Oh, geez. Yeah, so Corvette, 10 to 18,000 miles. Yeah, see? <laughs> In some cases, as low as 6,000. Yep. What Tesla model did you do? Because they have the there's SUVs. An, there's this Model S. Yep. This is a vanilla Model S. Okay. Yeah. And I do wonder if the all-wheel drive may make some benefits there. Because you're wearing twice More as many evenly. tires, half as much. Yep. Yeah. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of these features on this Hummer, though. Because Totally. Totally. Let's do it. I, per- I personally think that... I don't know what the percentage would be. I would say a significant percentage of some of these features are never going to get used by these people. Especially, like, I think one of the coolest features, but also, like, the biggest eyebrow raise is, like, why did they do that, is the under-chassis video cameras. And I get it. I get why they did it, you know, so you can see when you're climbing over some rock right you can see okay now i gotta raise the suspension because it has an airlift suspension that you can raise and lower and stuff from the cab and Mm -hmm. that's insane that's awesome but it's like the way i look at that is how many people really who are buying this car are gonna actually be out there off-roading this puppy and to the extent that they're gonna have to see what's going on underneath their vehicle with these cameras and it's gonna have replaceable heavy-duty lenses and stuff on these cameras. And and I'm like, that's just another thing that's just going to be constantly, you know, causing problems or just more maintenance and stuff for something that's never going to be used. How many wrecked or ruined Hummer EVs are going to start popping up with people like, I'm going to go off-road in this thing. Yeah. And they're just going to trash it. (laughs) Oh, you know, that's an interesting point. When you think about the real, like, rock crawler community. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. most of the time that I've seen, and I think it's changed a lot in recent years because they're just, I think they're more newer Jeeps and things like that. But for a long time, it was basically just, you get the rattiest, most like ragged out, cheapest 
dirtiest yeah, you get an old Wrangler you could that had some capability. Yep. And you take everything out of it. Yep. Right? Because you just want, yeah. Yep. And maybe even you weld some reinforcement yeah, totally. plates underneath it and then and you expect go. It to yep. <laughs> and like, this is the antithesis of that. Yep. You know, this has like, well, okay, honey, hold on. Before we crab walk, right. let me dial up my favorite jams <laughs> on right. my new state-of-the-art <laughs> tablet in the center. My Sirius XM. Activate the lower cameras. And it's different. So like a, <laughs> so you can go by like the Daisy Red Rider BB gun, right? Okay. And you're going to shoot your five-yard shots all day long. You can pop a squirrel or whatever. But you can also just go out and get like an M4, you know, and yeah. like fully kitted out. And the Hummer EV feels a lot more like that. Light machine You're not just gun. picking up Grandpa's twenty two to pop cans in the backyard anymore. This is something that basically, maybe you were that guy that used to shoot pop cans, but now it's been 40 years. Right. And you just want the best craziest equipment available because yep. that's what floats your boat now yeah it's just having these like this crab walk thing and the suspension lift is really cool too yeah. i've seen other vehicles do that but not not to the six extent. inches <laughs> yeah you know? six inches yeah it's um, insane but then it also has the super yeah. cruise which i don't think tesla does yeah. this so it has like the driver assist, you know, so you can take your hands off the steering wheel and let it drive. And I'm pretty sure Tesla, like you still have to have a hand on the steering wheel in order for the driver assist is available mm -hmm. for that. But this, it'll actually do lane changing mm -hmm. on its own. It'll pass, it'll pass vehicles, people. Yeah. yeah. You know, on, on, on compatible that's roads, crazy. it says, mm -hmm. but that's insane. That stuff scares me, man. It does. It does. That like lane yeah. keeping and the auto driving stuff i'm just kind of like eh. when i drive cars with it i don't always enjoy it yeah sometimes i turn it off yeah 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 about the only vehicle i've ever driven that actually had that on that it was actually beneficial and it worked really well was a suburban dude like the seat would vibrate yeah on the sides if you were approaching the edge of the lane or something but then it would jerk the wheel back over and it's got its features for sure especially with the days that we are now where everybody's so distracted a lot of these features, it's for the benefit yeah. of the driver. Yeah. Not just a comfort feature. It's actually there to save your life because you're too busy trying to find out what recipe you're going to get off of Pinterest. Man, it really does speak to the way we kind of consume things. We don't really want to drive. I say mm -hmm. we. There are lots of people that just don't want to fucking drive. I mean, yeah. The global we. just don't want to drive. Yeah, the global we. They're busy on the gram and things like that. And yep. it reminds me of stuff like there used to be these autonomous vehicle competitions where people would just put together these really ad hoc packages and they'd send them across unfamiliar territory and they'd have to use LIDAR and yeah. completely unassisted vehicle. This year, Vegas has an autonomous, like Indy has an autonomous challenge where autonomous vehicles are just kind of competing with each other. And that point where we're like watching robots fight robots and yeah. Yeah. you know the yeah. hummer v is like one step away from the pods and wally -E. yeah mm. yep. if it served food yeah that's gonna be the next <laughs> thing there's the billion dollar idea right there give me my right. breakfast sludge or my lunch sludge and gonna have oh, a, man we're gonna have the rehydrator to, like from back to the yeah. future, to the future. Have those in the, in the you have to go to the dealership and get new hydro packs yep That'll be the next thing. Like yep. These new hydro packs, oh, they, it'll come the same way they come with all the Keurig pods. 
yeah and stuff <laughs> like that and you just you'd pop it in there and it squirts speaking of that apparently cheese. there's an alcohol dispensing Keurig now yes one of our co-workers got one mm-hmm. it has the, the carbon it makes cocktails yeah carbonated water and it's got an alcohol pod i'm just like that's cool yeah. but at the same time what the hell <laughs> is going on <laughs> well listen <laughs> Yeah, now merge that with an autonomous vehicle. Right. And you got a party on wheels that nobody can get in trouble for. Oh, I wasn't driving. Yeah. Humvee was driving. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like you said, we're on the horizon with this stuff. We're on the horizon of WALL-E. Ooh. We're all we going to be floating all on these machines to do this stuff for us. Fat. Punching buttons and staring at screens and yep. punching buttons and staring at screens and defecating every now and then. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you look at this. I don't even know what you call it. The computer panel in the front of this thing for where the stereo should be you know yeah, it's, it's a just a normal touchscreen computer yeah. <laughs> that's just crazy i mean think about it when you're looking for an address when you're driving down the street and stuff you turn your stereo down you know think of how much distraction this thing has got to be it's insane i just don't get it i guess that's when you have like the autonomous driving feature going and i'm sure some of the features are turned off and whatnot as well but Again, I don't want to downplay it, but to me, it's a little scary. The amount of features, I think, in this thing, it's going to be more of a distraction to the driver. Yep. I just don't know. It's like aircraft or heavy Mm -hmm. machinery. You have to read the manual and you have to be trained to know how to use it. It's like, are we getting to that point with our basic transportation to where you're going to have to be an expert on the owner's manual? I mean, I know they tell you to do that now, but... You can get in a car and you can turn it on, you put it in gear and you can go. All these features that this thing has, you'd have to know how to work all this so yeah, that you don't constantly. die yep. when you're trying to change the radio station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you'd have as much time as you need because the car is driving. That's right. Mm, <laughs> true. If you're in that situation, you're probably going to be bored. Maybe it'll read it to you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel undersold in some ways too. Like you're Jeff, you're talking about the interior and it just doesn't really... They call it luxury. Yeah, it's not. It it looks really rigid and hard and cold. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, when I think of luxury, I don't think of... I mean, you look at the bolsters and everything. You know that's uncomfortable. You know that. That's not something you can go cross-country. For example, I bring this up because a few years ago, I went to Chicago from Lincoln at the time. That's a trek. I forget how many hours that is. I think almost 10 hours. And... I ended up, I was like, I want to get something really comfortable for this drive. And so I ended up getting a Chrysler 300. And for the most part, it was a pretty comfortable car. But after a few hours in, I was like, you know, these hard seats kind of suck. So yeah, we got to the hotel and I kid you not, I got a picture of it. We got to the hotel and I was like getting ready for bed and everything. I took my shirt off. My wife's like, oh my gosh, not interested in these photos. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, you're back. It looks like it's burned or something. I'm like, what? And then she got up closer Mm -hmm. and you could literally see a mesh pattern on my back. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like somebody slapped me with a front of a grill or something like that. It was insane. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not good. You know? And so I look at these seats. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's the same kind of cloth patterns and hard I don't know why they do that. I feel like you'd probably be sliding all over the place. On exactly. It too. I feel like 
you'd almost be like sitting in an auditorium watching your kid play his oboe or something like that on those uncomfortable chairs, like the same thing. But then you look at a 88 Lincoln Mark seven or whatever like that. Yeah. And it's like, Oh yeah, please give me that. So comfy. <laughs> I took a cross country trip with my wife and her coworkers at the time. And we went to a few places, but we basically cut up North and then went across to Yellowstone yeah, And the vehicles that we had on hand, sort of a motley crew, we had a Mercedes S600 with the V12 twin turbo motor and then a Honda Element. Mm-hmm. And this interior looks a lot like the Honda Element. Yes, yes. And that is a great comparison. Yep, very much. Having been in the S600 with massaging heated and or cooled seats, I'm looking at like these fabric pull tabs and stuff, and I'm just like... Yeah. Yeah. You're not quite. There's so much other stuff that they're selling here. Yeah. That that just really looks so plain. All the edges. It looks like you cut yourself on. They're so sharp. Yeah. It's like intentionally brutal. But when you think about it, though, I guarantee you, say, 30 years from now, people, ourselves included, hopefully we're still alive and kicking at that point. We're going to look back at this and be like, remember 30 years ago when the Hummer and stuff like that? And they thought that all these things was going to be the state of the future and what it's going to look like. I'm bringing this up because like, if if you think of like some of the 1950s cars, like the galaxies and things of that nature, Mm -hmm. they had all these big wings and rocket ship taillights. It was the future. That's what we thought back then the future was going to be. And so that's what we're thinking the future is right now. It's all these hard lines and rigidity and Mm -hmm. it's got to look like a space shuttle on the inside. Mm -hmm. At some point, when do you pick form over the function and comfort over all this eclectic electronics? It's just, yeah, it's all cool. But honestly, it's a weird analogy, but hear me out. It reminds me of 1990. And what I mean by that is, if you guys recall, Mm -hmm. 1990, and I'm not even talking vehicles. I'm just saying when the 80s was going on, everybody had these mullets and neon clothing and Converse. Then all of a sudden, like 1990 happened and Vanilla Ice comes out and he's got all his hard line, hard edge, his hair. and He's got like stripes in his hair, stripes (laughs) on his eyebrow and his hair is like super hard and tight. Garcinio Hall is having all these people on and everything. Everything is like real hard lined and you had like negative sideburns at that time. You could not have a sideburn Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) It was insane. It was just a weird time where everything was like all these hard edges. And I feel like we're kind of falling into that, but times 3000. Yeah. I just want to get to grunge. Yes, exactly. Bring it back around, baby. Can we get some flannel? Yep. Like, just complain about our problems a little bit. Exactly. One thing that's kind of cool about this, and we were talking features earlier, is it has this really funky top arrangement. And I know that everybody here loves a funky top. So That's right. Heck yeah. I guess it has, like, quad panels that pop off, but then there's, like, a T-bar in the front. Correct. Like T tops, not T tops. Yeah. You know, depending on like mullet, no mullet day. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of neat. It's also really gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Again, they're competing with Jeep and all these things Correct. that have that open air and they're trying to get you super into the elements. Right. In this overpackaged monstrosity. How long before they start to leak? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll be honest, they look like a good design that might not. Yeah. But I have to say though, I've been begging for a car manufacturer to bring back T-Top. So, yeah. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, GM. Thank Thank you. No, but again, I agree. I mean, when I see this vehicle, I'm really, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but just hear me out. But when I see this vehicle, I see a guy 
who's in lower to mid fifties named Peter, who's pure on executive or CEO of his own company or something like that. He's not thinking of all these different features. He's not pulling off this glass and sticking it in the front no. that they call it, you know. And yeah, he's too short to do that exactly. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even the guy in their advertising material, you can tell he's struggling. Yep. Yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> exactly. I'm six foot five and it's another four feet up to those things. And of course, he's also wearing a sport jacket and stuff, which you know is going to tear the seams apart the second you try to pick up one of those pieces of glass, the sky he's panel or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. just like sweating. <laughs> yeah, he's like, help, help, Rivet, little rivulets. help, little help. <laughs> But going back to some of the features and stuff, again, going way overboard, it's got a 14-speaker Bose audio system. 14 Where speakers. You, there are only four people. <laughs> it's like everybody, you get seven speakers apiece, you know? <laughs> we can't forget the moon topographical map. And the Neil Armstrong yeah, yep. boot print yeah, on that. the speaker panels. Now, that just really says America. It and does. And again, uh, back to the OG Hummer owner. That OG Hummer owner was definitely America. Oh, you know, without a doubt. 100% got the folded flag. Yeah, drinks Valvoline. Totally. Yep. You know, and he served. Damn it. Yeah, that's right. You, know, you don't know what God it was like. And yep. More power to him. Thank you. Yep. Thank you to everybody yep. who's done that. But it's very much, again, like they're just pulling at this. You know, they don't own the moon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's ours now. What do you mean we don't own the moon? <laughs> you know, China landed on it last, I think. You know, yep. like, I'm, I'm not going to push any buttons here, but can you claim that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's cool, but it's like you're right. I mean, it's like just the name, putting the moon on the speakers. They're mm -hmm. really... That's their play, you know, they're going yeah. for that. They're they're trying to harness that name recognition and Yeah. Well, I'd also want to say one of the features I do really, really like, and I've seen this on other vehicles as well, is the multi pro tailgate that it has. Basically oh, yeah. it's a tailgate that folds down and it transforms and mm. to do all sorts of different things. Every truck should have this. If they're not already producing tailgates that do this sort of thing, they should because I remember even with my F one fifty that I had I think it was a 04 F-150. That thing was so big. And I'm a tall dude. And it was really hard to do anything with that tailgate. I had to like kind of leap up into it when mm -hmm. I wanted to do stuff with it. It's nice that these things fold down into steps. A lot of them have charging ports and all this other stuff that it's like, it's pretty insane, you know, what these things do. But a lot of people like the tailgate and stuff. And so it makes a lot of sense. But just for the working side of it and everything, getting in and out of that thing to put cargo and stuff it's a cool design i'm glad yeah. to see that they did that and you know you're gonna need that extra step to get all the way up to those t-tops that's right <laughs> that's right yeah that's yeah, right I, yep you see the same thing like the skid plate steps and things like that too with the double step down yeah and, yeah i do like the headlight feature on it though mm -hmm. that's pretty cool kind of like what nate was alluding to it yeah it lights up when you get close to it thing it greets you and mm -hmm. stuff like that it's also i believe it's supposed to as it's charging, it glows. Yeah. Well, it doesn't show you how Correct. full the charge is. Exactly. It's cool. To me, a lot of these things are shocking to me that it's going out in production like that. And what I mean mm -hmm. by that is you're so used to seeing some of these things as a concept vehicle and you're like, oh man, that'd be cool. And mm -hmm. then you forget about it, you yeah. know? And right. it's like, oh, sh shoot, that. they went with it. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I guess in a lot of ways, this is our modern version of that 3000 GT yeah. that we were talking about yeah. earlier. Yep. You know, it fits in this weird basket. It's the American Hail Mary to EVs and really cool concept that somehow made it through right. everybody else's expectations right. to become this new thing, including our own. Yeah. Our own perception of a Hummer completely changed, you know, when yeah. this thing comes out. Yep. I got to say, we were talking about some of the features, and I just have to be a little bit mean, because two of the features <laughs> that I saw that were mentioned, I just kind of giggled. And one of them is unique signature tail lamps. And I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah, of course it has a different tail light. Right. Everything has different tail lights. Right, everybody, every car does. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to call that out. Another thing they said was unique wheels. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. That's just wheels. Yeah, every car has their own unique <laughs> wheel. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's funny that they call that out. Yeah. That's very marketing of them. They do that a lot with car features. They really overly describe yeah. junk like that yeah. on each yeah. one. They take 80 words to say what could be three. Yeah, the only time I think that anybody should mention something about a wheel is when it's never been done before. But this this is a unique aluminum design. It's like, oh, really? Aluminum, huh? Okay, that's never been done before. <laughs> yeah, I think of, again, the 89 Shelby VNT that had the fiber ride wheels. Those were wow, not metal yeah. wheels. Yeah. And that's impressive. That's something to talk about. And to this day, I don't think anybody's tried to mimic that type of wheel. But yeah, you're right. It's like unique taillights. They glow red. You know, <laughs> it's like, whoa, good. congratulations. That's whoa. cool. Optional white reverse lights. Right. What? Wait, wait, what? wait, wait. Optional? optional. What? <laughs> I thought they've been white forever. Yeah. I did think it was really funny. They talked about the low turret roof profile. Right. Yeah. Like you're going to mount a yeah. Put automatic a, machine a gun. A pillbox the there or something. That's and, right. Like, that's kind of a funny throwback to the idea of the first one that's fully military. And then the complete juxtaposition of what this seems to be to me, which is 100% consumer. Yeah. And yep. I know somebody who used to have an older Hummer, and now I really want to ask him. Yeah. You should. Like, hey, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Wait, Cliff? this isn't the same Cliff that designed no. the Dodge Dakota. Uh, no, no, yeah. unless you're, no, this is the same cliff that designed little lapel pins for folks who work for Walmart and Sam's Club. Nice. Oh, okay, and, cool. Um, the cliff you know, we really want to talk guy. to. My dad ended up tutoring his kids a little bit when we were younger, and so I hung out with him and kind of got to see some of his business and got to know him back in the day. And he was an interesting character, really nice guy. And I remember once he just decided he wanted a Z3, but he lives in Arkansas, right? And so he just decided to go and buy one in South Carolina because that's where he wanted one, and then he drove it home. You know, nice. just made an adventure out of it. You know, I'd be interested to hear his take on this because I could honestly, I'd see him buying it and not even caring. Yeah. All that nostalgia stuff, he really just wants the closest thing to an Autobot you can buy right now. Yeah. And <laughs> he, like back in the early 90s, it was a Humvee, and yeah. now it's this. He lives in the country, but he could pay to have the electrical service upgraded. Right. And, you know, the range is plenty. Oh, I know sure. everybody talks about EVs and range and stuff like that, but the average person isn't going that far most of the time anyway. Sure. should totally get his thoughts on it. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I definitely will. And maybe that's something I can follow up with you guys on next time. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to call him right now because it's 10 p.m. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh. He's a, friend of, he's a friend of my dad's. So, <laughs> like, hey, Cliff. 
You, so you know you're in bed and didn't <laughs> expect to hear from me. By the way, you're live on the radio. <laughs> you're live. You're not going to call. It's not in? really live. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. Not right this second. So I really want to talk about one other thing, and it's not yeah. necessarily about this vehicle, but it's about Hummers, the Humvees. Mm. For example, have you guys seen? It's govplanet.com. So govplanet.com. They have. Humvees with less than a thousand miles, okay, for sale. Oh, dude, online sure. auctions, yeah, and they're like five grand. Let's buy one. Here's one that's a 99 with two miles on it. It's wow. insane. They have so yeah. many of these Humvees just sitting here. I wonder if they're actually street legal. That may be a big mm, caveat, that could be to why they aren't. Yep, all these are the real deal, Humvees yeah, real deal, instead yeah, of yep. Hummers. But you could make it street legal, though. Yeah, it would not be that difficult. Yeah, People do it with Baja bugs and stuff and right. put a light kit on it, and that's that. But yeah, that's a steal. I kind of want, <laughs> I mean, seriously, 4800 bucks. I kind of yeah. want to see, I think the auction is showing January 13. Oh, cool. There's They're hundreds of these things. Or maybe not hundreds, I take it back. There's 60 of them. There are dozens. Yeah, dozens. There's tens of these things. Okay, there's really just one. Jeff is about to buy it. <laughs> I kind of want to just throw a bid of 4,800 bucks at one of these things and just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all sure. of a sudden I walk away with a Hummer for 4,800 bucks. It's like, oh crap. Well, time to hit the weights. Gonna, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, you can't really get a Jeep for that. No. Hardly. You know, that's. Yeah. But just, <laughs> you know, getting one with two miles on it. Are you nuts? That's yeah. insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My son brought this up to me the other day and I was like, what? Holy Man. crap. I'd probably just buy a $4,800 problem, though. <laughs> now i got to figure out how to yeah, make it street legal and get it home. Then you could say that you own a Hummer. Yeah, like I could. an actual military one. That'd be yeah. sweet. Mm -hmm. I like this one, the truck body that has the full tent back. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. You could do some fun stuff with that. Yep. This 2007 one is for, uh, is it wrecked? No. Yes. Some are wrecked. Some are wrecked. Oh, yeah, it's been through a little bit of combat. You know what I'm Has saying? Has it actually you know been on saying? fire? It looks like it's been like on fire. <laughs> wow. You might have to pay extra if you want one on fire right now. <laughs> yeah. Please light on fire. Please light on fire. Yeah, but it's cool because they provide a video of it running and to show you that it's been maintained. Some of them is like one's got a flat tire and stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, you're getting what yeah. you're getting, you know, kind of a thing. But still, these things back in the day were, if you bought one, they were 100K. Yeah. And so yeah. to be able to potentially have one of these things rolling around on your streets for under 15,000, just awesome. Dude, they have these light, medium tactical vehicles. Like, get yourself a, mm -hmm. a 4x4 cargo truck for 3,600 bucks. There you go. What? If I lived out in the country, if I had a farm, I'd be like, hell yeah, give me one of these. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You can also buy, they have sporting goods on here, like exercise bikes and treadmills probably from sure. military bases and stuff. Jeez. Jeepers. So there's a place in Fayville called Swiss Army Vehicles. Mm -hmm. And they basically sell, get this, Swiss Army Vehicles. <laughs> and... Oh. You know, like the crazy thing is like, those are 20 grand. Yeah. You know, you're getting like some, you know, Ping Zhao or a poop. It's not too different from a Jeep or a whatever. That's just kind of a 
ridiculous bargain these hoodies right. are. Yeah. You know. Jeff, I think you should do it. I think your, I your yeah, wife I won't do. be mad. No. No. Just do it. I'll she tell sees, her it was our idea. She yeah. sees me pulling up without a shirt on and get a cigar hanging out my mouth. She'll there be like, go. oh, let's go for a ride. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> you seen some really good like end of days quotes and you'll be fine. Yeah, no big deal. That's right. Just tell her you're going to go watch Last Action Hero at a drive-in theater in your Humvee. There, yeah. there you go. Anyways, are we officially hummed out? What do you think? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that was something. Yeah, that's the last of it. I wonder what it sounds like. <laughs> do you think it's like, hum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time yeah. you like open the door, it's just like, hum? Hum? Yeah, probably not. I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to start talking about Unimogs or something if we're going right. to get deep into buying used military vehicles. There you go. Yeah, I think I'm all hummed out. That's right. Well, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool vehicle and tons of features. Right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we excited to see that they make it and that's going to be on the road. Yeah, we bagged on it a little bit here and there, but I think that comes from the DNA of who we are from our past experiences and you know we talk a lot about evs but it's hard not to because that's what's the big thing right now but i think overall i give it two thumbs up i think it's a cool vehicle hopefully at some point i get the opportunity to drive in one or drive one i don't know about owning one i think it's a, a little bit beyond me but yeah i think i'm happy i'm happy that gmc decided to bring this back and do what they did with it and kind of give elon a little run for his money there on That's his right. uh, future yeah. truck you know yeah. so yeah we haven't even talked about that yep but yeah i think this is going to be much mm-hmm. more publicly adoptable yeah in a sense yeah it's cool to see a domestic company actually not be trailing on something when it comes to this you know i think that elon's gonna yeah. look at this and go oh shoot well <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and julian i like what you said about it made me think about it a little differently how you equated this to the 3000 gt being a a technological kind of hail mary yeah you mm-hmm. know or it's like mm-hmm. i'm like yeah that's right and it's got all this cool stuff i think it does warrant some criticism that we brought up who's going to use all this stuff, but at the same time, it's something to be applauded. Yeah. It's sweet that they're doing sure. this. You get one, man. Good for you. Yeah. And thank you, GM, for going for yep, it. Yep, right? exactly. Because, yeah. you know, they move the bar. Yep, for sure. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and all the other social medias and stuff that you can find us on. You can do a quick Google mm-hmm. search on that. Also, if you're feeling extra generous, you can go to Kofi.com and buy us a coffee. Just go to ko-fi.com backslash tire kicker media and click on the donate button. Any sort of funds that are donated to us are used for the show to keep this thing going. So we greatly appreciate your financial support and what we do. Until next time, we'll check you later. Later. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>